Hello listeners, welcome to Faking It, Teacher's Confessions. This podcast is about what it takes to be a real educator in the 21st century. Enjoy the ride, we're about to jump right in. Hey guys, this is Mike with Faking It teacher's confession today is episode two and i'm going to be talking about the music teacher coveted position in education now if you're not a music teacher that's fine a lot of what i'm going to share today will apply to whatever field or subject matter that you teach um this is kind of well-rounded in all of education but um and this applies to everything so before i jump into the music teaching um conundrum i'm gonna give you a little bit of my backstory i've mentioned in the past episode uh i I struggled in school my interests were elsewhere i did poorly um in in maths and most sciences i really loved biology i did really well in biology um but math and science wasn't my forte i really liked the humanities i struggled in social studies in high school but i ended up pursuing it in university um, I, as my major, I was a history major, loved it. I think I just needed to be a little bit older and more mature uh, to really get invested in, into that field or that subject matter. And I loved it. I loved, I had f- amazing professors and instructors. Um, and I could, I miss studying history and, and the world and um, anthropology, sociology, just all of that was just mind-boggling. I love taking psychology, understanding the mind, people, and I don't know. Uh, I'm a humanities guy. But I also mentioned that I never wanted to be a teacher. I, I, I did want to be a teacher, but I had so many people tell me it would be the wrong choice, it would be a struggle, I'd regret it, and so I avoided it as much as I possibly could. However, after going to university for a year, failing neuroscience, barely passing a methods and stats class in psychology. I realized the the route I wanted to go was not the right path for me. So I switched. um, I applied for a a college that offered a sign language interpretation program. I had lived in the States for a bit and had learned, became proficient in American Sign Language, which was a really cool skill and asset to have. I always wanted to pursue it, but I wasn't keen on being an interpreter. I always thought it'd kind of be a good uh, job to have while I con- continued my post-secondary education, but I knew it wasn't my end goal. It wasn't what I wanted to be for the rest of my life. So I, I applied for an interpretation program, got accepted, found out that my program intake date wasn't a year and a half until then, and so I couldn't sit around for a year and a half that would have been a mistake so lo and behold i'm sitting in an academic off uh counselor's office asking if i can transfer out of that program and get enrolled in the university transfer program in education as a history major english minor and i did it um so never say never i i just it was just everything worked out for a reason I loved my professors. They're terrifying and 
uh, inspiring and enthusiastic and intense and I feel like I like to model my own classroom management after them or not management but my classroom demeanor the way I I approach teaching I, I definitely got from some of my my early professors um, so it was a university transfer program I attended the college for a year which was my second year post-secondary um, took a bunch of history classes uh, English classes education courses and I figured I may be a teacher went to university for two more years uh, got, or transferred into the university did two more years um, did my practicums, had a really great time. Actually, I, I say that in retrospect. Post-secondary isn't always a great time. And although it's very stressful in the moment, I, I do miss it. I wish I could take classes again. I love learning, which is another reason why I became a teacher, because I love to learn. But at the end of the day, I always figured I'd come out of post-secondary education as a history teacher or an English teacher. That's what I did my practicums in. That's what I did. All my experience was based around. And so as all my friends were graduating in the spring semester, because I failed two classes in my first year of university uh, in the very beginning, four years ago, I had to make up for those lost credits that I never earned. So I ended up taking, I think it was two spring courses um, English courses uh, was it just those two? Oh, I took three I took three summer courses to um, get enough credit so I could graduate and so I did graduate in the summer um, but I was applying for jobs for months as I was finishing school and I knew that I couldn't be narrow-minded I couldn't just apply for jobs that I felt best fit my roots, my, my, my route in university. I applied for everything. I, I mean, I didn't apply for like math or science jobs that I definitely didn't know anything about um, or had any experience in, but I, I applied for elementary jobs. I applied for junior high jobs. Um, a lot of English jobs, social studies jobs, of course, but I actually ended up getting my only interview <laughs> was an elementary music job. Now, I, as you have heard, I didn't pursue music in post-secondary. Uh, a lot of people do, and they come out and they get music jobs, that's great, but um, my experience in music was basically my own outside experience growing up. I played piano. Um, I did band whenever it was offered. I did choir. I did a lot of musical theater. I loved music. It was my passion. It, it was my hobby. It was what I did. Uh, which is probably why I didn't do so well in school was because I was invested and enthusiastic in the arts. I really loved that. I felt that was a really passionate way for me to be able to express myself and as a teenager I mean sometimes you're looking for attention I just was looking for community and that was a good community for me 
So I applied for a music job saying, why the heck not? I can try. If I, I probably won't get an interview. Maybe I will. You never know. And I, and I did. I got an interview. It went really, really well. Um, all the, the last uh, episode I talked about the interview, go back and listen to that one um, so that you can see what I my tips on how to nail the interview. And I felt like I really did nail this interview. I had never taught before. I was right out of un- I was right out of university. I was green as can be and I had no teaching experience other than my practicums under my belt. That's not actually true though because the reason why I nailed my interview was I focused on everything I did outside of university. Yeah, of course I said I've got my ed degree. I did this, this and this. That's great. However, what makes me qualified for this job is the fact that I did I was part of musical theater since I was oh, I don't know, 8 and then I was in a community theater group and I co-directed I was a vocal coach I was a music director um and so I was did band I played piano I did this I, I I don't play piano please never ask me to play piano I'm horrible but I did study practice play for I think maybe four years when I was younger I ended up quitting that's a different story but and a regret don't ever quit piano don't ever ever quit piano that was one of my biggest regrets in my life was quitting. But um, I focused on everything I did outside of university because I, I couldn't pull from university other than I have all the education courses, I know how to manage a class, but my focus was this is all the stuff I do musically. Um, and this was my experience. This is what I this is what I do. This is my interest. This is my hobby. This is my my love. This is what I do in my free time is this. And so because I showed, uh, I didn't have much to say academically, but I had more than enough to say extracurricularly. So I, I nailed that interview. I did a really good job. I didn't actually get it at first. They offered it to someone that had taught music. Uh, and so don't get me wrong, your experience and your um, exposure and your life has more value than you could possibly think of. Um, so don't ever discredit what you do in your own personal life, the hobbies and things you pursue. I mentioned in my past podcast that everyone, I feel everyone comes out of university as a cookie cutter image of each other. We all come out with degrees. Sure, we took different courses, we focused on different things, but at the end of the day, we are all the same. We have the same piece of paper. The only difference is our names are different on that degree. And we really aren't that much different from each other. We all want the job, but how do you decipher who's better qualified? If you're going to do it by stats of how, what degree you have and where you got it from, then yeah, basically we're all the same. So it was the fact that I could say, yeah, I've got my ed degree. 
but at the end of the day, music is in my blood. And I made that very clear in my interview, which was very impressive. They told me it was very impressive. I had to sing in my in my first interview. I talked about how I just finished uh, being part of a production of Beauty and the Beast. And I played the Beast. And one of the people in the interview asked if I would sing. And I said, yeah, of course I did. I, I think I even brought a ukulele into my interview. Um, and I was ready to go. Like, that was my first interview. I was primed and conditioned to be able to go in and just really nail it. And I felt like I did. But um, didn't get the job at first. The summer, and I got called back saying, you did really good. We really liked you. Um, we're going with someone with a little more experience. That's always going to be the story you hear in the first couple years of applying for education jobs is that if someone has more years of teaching under their belt, they technically should <laughs> um, be given a, a better, not a better chance, but experience speaks, right? Whether it's teaching experience or outside experience, it, it counts and it, it's very valuable. Summer went through and I was getting married. I didn't have a job. A little bit nervous, but I did get a phone call uh, saying, hey, did you did you get a job from this school that I was just, I've been previously told didn't have, um, I, I wouldn't get that job. And they called me back at the end of the summer and say, hey, uh, the person that we hired for that position took a different position in our school. Would you be willing to come and teach music? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So I um, wheeled and dealed and faked my way into getting a teaching position in a... It was a really awesome school. The staff there are... I still feel like they're family to me to this day. I made a lot of really good friends. Taught a lot of really cool kids. Um, and I... I got that music job. Now, it drives a few people crazy when I talk about this because a lot of people come out of university with an elementary education degree and specialized in music. And I had that job. And they think, you don't deserve that job. You didn't go to school for it. But I did deserve that job. And I, I proved myself. I worked hard. Yeah, there was hiccups along the way. Yeah, it was a major learning curve, but I I loved it. I, as I said, music's my life. I it's what I do. It's what makes me happy. It it's a de-stressor for me. I was I taught myself to play ukulele. I was starting to teach myself to play guitar. I had my old recorders from when I was in school handbells was an interest like I I didn't say no and it goes back to the idea of being a yes man a lot of people cut themselves short and they're like oh I can't do this but I was willing to hit the ground running and what I didn't know I was willing to teach myself or to ask questions or to get help and I think a lot of teachers or new at least new teachers to the profession they they don't feel qualified 
to do other things outside of the wheelhouse. But that's really the only reason why I got the jobs I did get. So again, I, I didn't have my post-secondary undergraduate degree in music or anything that way, but I became a very enthusiastic, loving music teacher for two years at that school, which was a blessing in disguise. Um, was I intimidated? Yeah. I, again, I was new. My first couple years of teaching, never expected I would be teaching elementary music. And I was around people that have been teaching it for decades um, or had ample amount of experience or skills or abilities in music that I couldn't even touch. I couldn't even scratch the surface of. But none of that mattered because being an expert piano player, being a proficient, I don't know, flute player, having skills or techniques or being the master of your instrument didn't make a single difference in the elementary classroom. Those kids are there because they want to learn, they want to sing, they want to play, they want to have fun, they just want to get away from learning the fundamental math or reading or whatever they just need a break and so I could reflect on my own music education as an elementary student and I had really good elementary music teachers and so I said what worked for me I enjoyed music as a student I so much so that I I mean I kept being involved in music my whole life so I took those classes, and I think my first year I taught grade three, four, five, six music, and then some elementary drama classes, which was a blast. I'll get into a different episode about that. And then the following year, I taught kindergarten to grade six music. Um, and it was just mind-boggling. Like, I had the greatest time. I had a lot of fun. My creativity sword. I took the curriculum that I had to teach and the cookie cutter um, <laughs> lesson plans that I think almost every music teacher crutches on and I adapted it. I didn't want to be the typical elementary music teacher and I think my students appreciate that. I gave them a an experience like no other and because of that I was able to build character in these kids, uh, personalities, build interest. I taught ukulele, and that's not that's not strange. That a lot of elementary schools teach ukulele, but I taught it in a very unconventional way, where the kids loved coming to class every day, pulling a ukulele off the wall, playing modern popular music that they listen to on the radio or on their iPod or on their iPhones yeah elementary kids sometimes have iPhones that was weird for me uh, it's getting more and more common but at the time like in elementary school the closest thing I had to a cell phone was 
a calculator like not even scientific just like a calculator with all nine ten numbers and adding and subtraction like that that was the most technical piece of device I ever had but I think one of the greatest outcomes of teaching elementary music at the end of my first year was having parents and students come up to me and they had gone out of their way to buy their own ukulele and were taking lessons outside of school because they loved it because I loved it and I made them love it because I was passionate about it so passion versus mastery yeah it is ideal that you have someone that knows what they're talking about and I knew what I was talking about elementary music was basic for me I I could teach it I could teach the theory I could teach all of those fundamental learning blocks of music I still do (laughs) and that wasn't difficult It, it took a little bit of time for me to wrap my hand around how do I best teach these students to get them to remember it turn it into games turn it into play turn it into songs I was teaching them through play and at a young age that's definitely an asset but um would I say I was ever a master or a perfectionist in music no I was an artist, I was a musician, I was a creator, I was a passionate teacher who was excited to learn. And that translated and transferred into my students' own education and their learning route as a young elementary age child. Um, So yeah, my biggest suggestion is becoming a jack of all trades. The other thing I learned is honesty is the best policy. I had no problem saying, I don't know, or hmm, I'm not sure, but I will find out. If there was something that I needed to teach and I'm like, I don't even know what that is, I had no problem saying, huh, not familiar with it, but I will be. So, which is also another asset of interviews. (laughs) Sometimes you get asked questions in your job interview of, Tell me about this, this, and this. You might know nothing about it. I feel it's more commendable to say, hmm, I'm not sure, but I'll find out. Or, hmm, I don't know how I would handle that situation, but I think I would approach people and ask questions. Or I would try to find someone that does know. And then I would apply it to my teaching or my classroom management or whatever. So... Teaching music, never in a million years did I ever think I would be qualified to do it. But I am qualified because I put the time and energy and work into becoming qualified. I never went back to school (laughs) to study music. I didn't have to. I studied music at home. I studied music at school. I knew how to create a lesson. And in order to teach something, you need to be able to to walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. And so I 
over the years, it's been very interesting to see people come to me and say, you're so talented. You're, you're very skilled. You're very, um, experienced. You're very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're just very gifted in, in music. Like it's a natural talent. It's a natural ability. And I shake my head. I don't agree. I think it's practice makes perfect or practice makes progress at least. And so no one gets better unless they put the time in to becoming better. And so for all those music teachers out there that went to school to teach music, screw you. Just kidding. Um, I, I'm sorry that I've taken your job. I, I'm also kidding. I'm not actually sorry. I love having the job I have. I think my biggest piece of advice for those music teachers out there that have gone to school to be a music teacher, if you don't love it, and if you can't instill the love of music into your students, then you have failed. Those students could care less. They're never going to remember the time you taught them the difference between 3-4 time and 4-4 four, four time. They're never going to remember the time you taught them the difference between a quarter note or a whole note. Or they'll never remember that one time that you explain to them the difference between Beethoven and Mozart. Those things are just facts. They're just information. And they're not retainable unless you teach them in a way that's going to captivate and engage them. I've talked to past... I've been teaching for a little bit. I wouldn't say I'm a seasoned teacher but i i reach out to some of my past students and i ask them what what was it about my music class that you enjoyed or if you hated it tell me why you hated it and luckily none of them have come back and said oh i hated your your music class most of them say i liked drama class better than music but music was still a lot of fun but the common thing i get from all of them is do you remember that one time when this happened it's it's the experiences it's those events it's the games it's the songs it's the goofiness the it's the structured play that they remember a lot of them will say remember when you taught us to play riptide on a ukulele remember when the whole class sang stressed out by 21 pilots well, you played it on the ukulele. I had one student say, I remember a Remembrance Day where you taught us um, waiting on the world to change in sign language. And we did that um, in front of the whole school, which, I mean, some people may debate that that might not have been awesome, but it was. I was, I was really, really proud of them. And that was that was the marker of how I know I was I felt successful I was proud of what the accomplishments students aren't going to remember the lessons they're not going to remember the 
the worksheets you gave them. It's, it's the events. It's the time a kid threw a recorder across the classroom because they were so mad because they just couldn't get that one song that they needed to get their to get their recorder belt. I did I did recorder karate. I think that's probably trademarked, so please don't sue me. But I, I taught that program. It was a lot of fun and the kids had a lot of fun, but it pushed them. And that's that's the marker that for my students to say, you know, we had a lot of fun, but we worked really hard and had fun while doing it. And I think that's the benchmark that teachers need to be looking for. It's not just in music, it's everywhere. Students look back and they remember the times that they had fun, the times where they worked hard and were rewarded for their work. And I find music to be the best uh, subject to do that. Music is a universal language and it fills us with empowerment and joy and happiness uh, with emotion catharsis it just builds our character and it evokes emotion and meaning into our lives so as I passionately taught what I loved as a person not as a teacher but as an individual those students connected to that and that's what made all the difference so elementary music teachers my heart goes out to you I've learned so much from so many of you what you have in expertise I copy and I adapt and I apply I couldn't be where I am without the supports and the love and the advice and the counsel that I have received from all of my friends. But again, going back, at the end of the day, in reflection, what did the students get out? It's that you love what you do. Regardless of how talented or skilled you are, those kids will remember you and how you made them feel and what they were able to do because of your passion.